daylight savings time is gone. The days are getting shorter and the sun is setting earlier, but there's one thing that can always brighten your day. And folks, you found it. The We Have High Expectations podcast is coming at you. Fall back. Did you enjoy enjoy that extra hour of, uh, well, for you, extra hour of sleep for me, extra hour of partying for you, I'm sure. Yeah. Two o'clock on Saturday night. Dude, uh, it's gotten a little different. Uh, Daylight savings time, fall back. Used to be extra hour in the bar, and I was setting clocks back at, like, 2.901 and going to bed <laughs> um, so like it was like setting them back and i'm just like good god i'm getting old this is the first year that it's ever kind of like hit me like sunday night i was i was like out on laying on the floor in the living room at like 8 45 somehow i have no idea like but uh but yeah the people that freak out about daylight savings time just like crack me up right and the people who want daylight savings time all year or standard time all year it's like there's nothing wrong with the way we're doing this, right? Like, I don't want to wake. I don't want to like. I don't want it to be dark until eight thirty in the morning, <laughs> like you know, right. like in the winter. And I want it to be light out at nine at night in the summer. So yeah, everything's fine. Like summer. everything's fine. Yeah. Stop complaining, people. Stop complaining. It's yeah. working out great for me. Let's leave it that way and let's move on. Scratch where it itches, baby. Uh, it's for the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we got to start. start. Hey, it's been Good a start to the show. It's been a few, it's been a while. There's been a lot that's gone on since the last time we talked. It's been about a week and a half uh, since we got together after that debacle at Madison. But uh, Padilla time, huh? We finally got some Padilla time against uh, Northwestern. You want to start uh, start with the football and talk about your boy, the senator? Let's talk about the senator. I thought he was pretty good, didn't you? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. What was surprising to me, I mean, first of all, Petrus is obviously hurt. Uh, he's not even on the two deep this week. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Why even why let him start the him game? Out there, yeah. But Padilla, and so I don't know if it was some of that or what, but like when Padilla came out, it was almost like we like opened up a whole new playbook on offense, right? Like we had, which his his ability to roll out probably gives you more options, but it, well, I mean, we were throwing the ball down the field and I don't know if Petrus just checks down on those or is afraid to throw them or what, but didn't, I mean, didn't it seem like that? To just, you? Like, what the well, hell? It looked like, it looked like he recognized when guys had like a mismatch or when they had a chance to make a play and gave them a chance to make a play. Like, I don't think like Keegan Johnson made that catch down the right sideline where he just went up and got it, you know, and give him a chance. And and Padilla did that. Plus he just looked more like a quarterback that knew what he was doing, which is very weird for a guy who had, you know, when the guy started 14 games and got all the reps out with the ones, like for the two, for the backup to come in and just look like he has a better command of what you're trying to do. Now he, he missed some stuff, right? He, he missed Goodson on a, uh, on a screen pass that would have been a first down, right? Uh, he threw that backwards pass to Tyrone Tracy that they called it complete right away. Thank God. Because he scored on the next play, but, um, but you know, he missed some things and, 
and he's going to make mistakes and he's going to throw interceptions. And that's, that's fine because the other guy just can't do it. And the other guy really can't do it if he's hurt, which is a whole nother like coaching thing that I don't understand at all anymore. Like, why do you, why do we throw, why do we put guys out there who struggle anyway when they're not a hundred percent? I'm with you. It made, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, first of all, Padilla, dynamite. the one thing he's dynamite. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I was pulling up our anchor website to see what number of episode to name. This <laughs> is what was going on too much multitasking. The human brain does not allow for multitasking actually. Um, but no, first of all, Padilla needs to learn that like you don't always throw your fastball, especially when the running back's like standing right freaking next to you. You don't. There were some of those where it was just like, dude, settle down. Just firing them at guys a yard apart. Like that uh, Peyton Manning Saturday Night Live skit with those kids in the playground. Oh, God, that was amazing. <laughs> but um, and then I'm with you on the Petrus thing. Like he's not any good or, you know, he's not setting the world on fire. So if he's got a rotator cuff issue and it's going to affect him, why even give him a why even give him two possessions to try to figure it out? You know, and you could see right away he was skipping balls. I mean, he was throwing throwing the ball three passes. yards. Yeah. It reminded right out, me, you know, like, what are we doing? It was bad. Yeah. I mean. I was I was really surprised because I didn't under I they're, they're going with this hurt thing right and they're saying that's why they took him out and so he, there must be something to it, um, but when he was bounce passing those I it reminded me of Jake Christensen at Pittsburgh, um yeah. in two thousand eight where he threw that bounce pass to to Terry Strauss, I know it's Trey but um yeah. uh, where it like actually yeah. bounced up and Strauss like caught it and you just see the utter look of disgust on his face it you away, know yeah. it was like. It was like a, it was like a fourth and four or something. He threw a bounce back, and it was a turnover on downs, and you could just see he was just like this, you know. And that was it. He was done at that point. He yeah. never, you know, yeah. he never came back. Um. And I think the injury, if the if if they're using it that way, you know, because if they would have ran Petrus out here Saturday in Kinnick Stadium, I mean, it would have been a, like I felt terrible for the kid. He got booed, like just from the second he walked onto the field. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we, yeah, he would have made the start. It would have been the whole stadium would have been booing him, uh, you know, against Minnesota. But then you go to him and then you get two straight touchdowns and, and drives where you look like an Iowa offense, right? Some play action, some passes down the seam, some shots down the field. And then, you know, mix in the running game started to work a little bit off of that. Absolutely. And then in the second half, I think we just we just miss some things that the key to I mean like the key to our offense is the is the first you know is that first play in the in the drive right if we can get positive yards on that first play we're not a hundred percent predictable right if we get zero yards on the first play we're gonna run a zone to the short side of the field and we're gonna be in third and eleven right and then we're done at that point now with with Padilla, we can kind of we can maybe make up for a little bit of that because he can make a little bit of a play. Um, but with Petrus, it was like, okay, we're done. Like this is over. We can't do we can't do anything. I think in the second half, we kind of we we kind of got back to like, okay, it's third and long. Let's just hand it off, or it's let's take this field goal. Let's punt this here. And 
I think when you do that and you give up series and you don't even try to get the first down or to score that touchdown, you're just setting yourself up for failure in the long run. Like you're, you're going to lose games that you should not lose. And it makes sense why, why Kurt's lost a lot of games that he shouldn't lose. And he's won a lot of games that he should, that he should, shouldn't have won. Right. Because he, the, the way he plays just keeps everything close. And if we don't turn it over and we make enough first downs, we win that game. Block punt here. Same thing can happen there. for the other so, yeah, team. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so that was, yeah, kind of absolutely. Just, and I, mean, I uh, say it was, it was super boring. It was just super boring. Oh those yeah. Two and when you're, and you're right, when you, when you, you know, third and long and you take the draw and punt and you almost put up the white flag or something, does that affect you the next time the offense takes the field? You know, probably, right? Like, yeah. it's just, uh, um, how pissed were you? How pissed were you that we were going to get beat by a quarterback named Marty? Like, <laughs> when he came back on, I was like, good God, this guy. Uh, his last name, the end, yeah. This guy's last name is Marty's first name. <laughs> He's there and I'm just like, what are we doing? I mean, I mean, good for us. He threw a punt and then just, I mean, the play of the game, like it just summed up the entire game. Boring as shit. Last put, last real play of the game. He fumbles a snap that hit him directly in the hands. Yeah. There's a guy crawling on all fours towards him. I think it was Van Falkenberg. Um, it's like crawling towards him. There's no real pressure, <laughs> but he sees him crawling and freaks out and just throws it directly to James. Exactly. Like, you know, there's no real pressure. The guy's on, all, on the ground. I was like, this is amazing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And I, I mean, we got to preface, should have, should have prefaced everything at the start of this with, uh, as far as Padilla with, it is Northwestern and a bad Northwestern yeah. team. So yeah. let's, let's relax. But, um, been a couple of times now in limited action and then in more extended action against Northwestern. He's just, that he's, yeah, he's looked better. He's impressed me. Maybe my my expectations were not set high in this instance because of how bad the starter has looked, but he's so, impressed me. So. so I said I said this to you last year, and then I think I said it throughout this year a little bit too. Like for I, for the for them not to have given anybody a chance last year meant that we had to have the three worst power five quarterbacks in the entire country. Right. Right. <laughs> because Petrus was that bad at times last year. I mean, the get the, the gif of him in the Nebraska game doing the three sixty in the pocket with nobody near him rolling out to his left and throw. I mean, it's my favorite. It's my favorite video of all time. It's phenomenal. Right. <laughs> and like they did, that didn't get him benched, right? So, so right. I honestly thought, like, I'm, I was just like, these guys must be god awful, right? And Padilla didn't show anything in kind of the, some of the garbage time minutes he's had that 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 made me think, oh boy, this guy's gonna be good. But against Wisconsin, I thought he did some nice things. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, now again, that was garbage the right time, spot, right? Like he just put the ball in the right spot. And he's got a strong arm. I mean, he's got definitely got the arm for it. Like I said, he needs to maybe work on touch a little bit, um, especially on the shorter throws. But I'm with you. The Wisconsin game, it was kind of like, well, it's their, you know, second string defense maybe, and it was garbage time. But he looked like he could play. And now here against Northwestern, the same thing. Well, it's Northwestern, and they suck. But he's doing the things that, quarterbacks do that we haven't really seen much from Petra. He's got pocket presence. He can move a little bit and he's delivering the ball on time. 
Yeah, that throw in, to Charlie Jones. Right spot, so that throw to Charlie Jones was phenomenal that he dropped. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah that he, might have, Charlie Jones might have scored a touchdown there. Like he just, had a couple of, I mean, he had yeah. a couple of great throws against uh, Northwestern on Saturday. So we'll see more more Padilla time to come in Minnesota coming to town after a kind of a shocking loss to Illinois. Uh, I mean, really, is it? They got beat by Bowling. They got beat by Bowling Green. You know, like yeah, this true. is where this is where like this committee ranking things is just completely ludicrous. Like, how much time did they really spend looking at Minnesota if they made them number twenty? Here's how the right. conversation went. Well, if we make Minnesota number 20, that gives Ohio State one more top 25 win. That That's how that conversation went. And then Minnesota probably goes out and loses to Illinois. So, <laughs> like, I mean, like this, this, like, that's back to where, like, I can't wait for them to finally go back to 12 teams so we can actually enjoy – or not back to 12 teams, but to 12 teams so we can actually, like, talk about conference championships and those types of things and not spend all of our time – I mean, it was a it was a week long people freaking out about Michigan State, and I'm just like, yeah, they're gonna get beat like in one of the next three weeks, and then who cares, you know? Cincinnati, like the whole thing with Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they have no respect for Cincinnati. What do you mean they have no respect for Cincinnati? They rated them ahead of undefeated Oklahoma and undefeated Wake Forest. They had lots of respect for Cincinnati, like you know, like they have no respect for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's still behind Michigan State and Michigan. They don't give a shit about Oklahoma winning games. Like, right. you know, which I never thought I'd see in my life. But anyway, hey, what is that first half against Kansas, man? I told you yeah, that, was that was first it. half against Kansas. <laughs> well, shit, they would have got beat by Kansas if the rest would have applied the rule correctly. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, well, maybe not. But anyway, um, yeah, it's we, uh, what what's a I know you did the in-depth that uh, you had the deep dive on the, on the Gophers this week. It was your turn. I had Minnesota or Northwestern last week. So, <laughs> so what do you got on uh what do you got on the Gophers for me here? Uh, I don't have a lot. I know <laughs> PJ Fleck got a uh, contract extension, row the boat, Fleck.com. And then they contract promptly ex- went out and got beat by Illinois. So. Contract extension, uh. Fleck.com. But um, no, I don't. I don't know an, uh, uh, much about Minnesota at all. I just know um, we gotta we gotta keep winning games and hope Minnesota or somebody beats Wisconsin if we want to get back into the the chase for Indianapolis. But yeah, they've given up a decent amount of points, 165. Hawkeyes are what five and a half point favorites, I think, at home. Yeah, I think that's what I saw it as. Um, looks like they can uh, they can still run the ball a little bit, even though they've got all those running backs out. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries to the uh, to the backfield. Got a lot of injuries there, and then I don't see any really like defensive stats here. <laughs> oh, nice job on your deep dive, though. You really fucked that one up. Good God! Well, we got a yeah. They lost <laughs> Bowling Green at home. They won at Purdue, <laughs> twenty thirteen. Um, they were on a uh, four-game winning streak, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland, and then at Northwestern before uh, dropping that game against Illinois at home. So um, I'm expecting a similar game to Saturday, I suppose, uh, low scoring, and uh, hopefully we make enough plays and take care of the ball and turn them over a few times. Did we get a mailbag segment this week? No, we don't. I was no down mailbag. in Florida. and you didn't, uh, you, didn't get to the, you didn't get to the P.O. box? I forgot to uh, do mail forwarding. So. Oh, okay. I thought you maybe you just forgot to get to the PO box this week. So. Yeah. No. 
no, I got to the PO box. Uh, but no, let's talk about the uh, offensive line, right? One of the, yeah, you know, the we talked a lot about the quarterback, line. a lot about the offense. The offensive line's been a struggle this year. I know you actually did do a little bit of deep diving did. on uh, this subject. I did do some deep dive here. So I was trying to figure out how we got into a position where we're so young on the offensive line. And it was specifically Nick DeYoung. Um, is it DeYoung or DeJong? Is it a soft J or a Y? It's from Pella. Yep, I think it's the I think it's DeJong. You think it's a soft J? Correct. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so I I went back and looked at uh, our our recruiting here. So the 2017 class that would be your redshirt senior, right? So anybody in the 2017 class, this would be their fifth year. So that class was Tristan Wurst, right? Absolute stud. Gone in three years. Kallenberger, who who, uh, who left, right? Big loss. Yeah, he yeah, could have played retired. this year. Could have played yeah. this year, retired. Would have probably started at right or left tackle. You know, that, that was a big loss. And then the other offensive lineman in, those, in that class, Coy Kirkpatrick left the program. Levi Duell, Duell left the program. Um, and those were guys that were on defense and moved to offense. So really you, you gotten your five years in, in a developmental program and we don't have a single fifth year senior, um, offensive lineman. Right. And then you go to the next class and we're in kind of the same boat here, um, in the class of 2018, as my computer refreshes, if you just bear with me a second, um, buffering, you to, buffering. You to that class. Jeff Jenkins was an offensive lineman. He's gone, right? He's uh, Jack Plum. Eh, I mean, uh, he's getting some playing time. Cody Entz, who has been hurt, but he's been decent for us. But really, you know, like, and that was the class that Tyler Lindenbaum was in. So you got really, like, are you counting two? Are we counting two? We can count Entz as a half and Peach and uh, Plum as a half. So we got really. Out of two classes, we've got two offensive linemen, right? Out of our redshirt, you know, redshirt freshman, or excuse me, redshirt senior, redshirt junior class. So, like, just there, you see where we're in. We're we're in a little bit of trouble. And then here's the the worst part: is you go to the next class, the 2019, the 2019 class, and this class had a couple offensive linemen in it. Um, Ezra Miller was like a three-star borderline four-star offensive lineman who's tra- ended up quitting football and then coming back to football and transfer into, um, Nebraska. You got Noel Fenske from New Hampton, <laughs> NEIC. Um, he, tra- he transferred to Colorado. Um, Tyler Enders was a four-star guy from Norwalk. Um, and he hasn't really lived up to it. Justin Britt. Yeah, so, you know, again, all those offensive linemen, and you're looking at one guy out of that class. So that's three consecutive classes where you've got three offensive linemen. And, a and, lot of misses, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of misses, and that's how you end up here. Um, you know, hopefully we've got some young talent. I mean, Mason Richmond, starting as a freshman, guys that started tackle at Iowa as a freshman end up in the NFL. Um you know, and maybe he won't, but that that he would be the the outlier there. Um, yeah, you know, they got he's, he's uh, 
probably won't play. Probably this won't weekend. play. That's where Plum's filling in, yes. right? Right. Like shipping right. guys around. Yeah. yeah, and then they've you know they've got some other guys you know that they're in this last class in the class of 2021. I think they had like three or four four-star offensive linemen in that class. Um, Connor Colby obviously has been playing a lot. Who's probably been our second best offensive lineman behind Lindenbaum as a true freshman. Um, Bo Stevens out of Missouri. Um, I can't say this guy's last name. David DeCove, I think. David David Cove out of <laughs> Illinois was a four-star. Um, and then Michael Malinsky out of uh, Jacksonville is a four-star center. So they had one, two, three, four, four four-star guys out in one class. So there is some some talent behind, but they got a combination of worse being unbelievable and gone in three years. Uh, right. Kallenberger quitting football Max. and then losing Ezra Miller, losing, you know, some of those other guys, some of those projects early. And, and that's how we get here. And it's, and, you know, hopefully they they got some guys that can step up and we can build you know, for the future, the problem is we just had like, we felt like we had an all-time defense this year, right? So it's right. one of those things like if it could have lined up a little bit better, maybe we're looking at a 2015, a 2002. Now it's not lining up quite right. And maybe we're looking at a 2019 season or, you know, a 2008 type season, which is still great. And exactly you know, like we shouldn't have complained like we did after Wisconsin, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And hey, a deep dive on the hog mollies. That's where the games are won and lost is in the trenches there. Now, I know Bride Dog's probably going to come out and say he doesn't care about these five-star recruits because we've got five-star men. Absolutely. And he's 100% correct. <laughs> Time to eat, O-line. Time to he's eat. 100% correct. <laughs> the best part about jokes like that is I say I'm like completely deadpan and you laugh and only like three people understand that joke and two of them don't listen to this podcast. Oh, so okay. I was going to say three people. That's like 25% of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, you only two got of them one do listen. not listen. Only one <laughs> listens. Um, are we down to four people? Are we losing people? No, no, we're, oh, still, okay. we're still in the dozens range. We're in the dozens, okay. <laughs> dozens of us. That's right. There are dozens. We did pick up quite a few listeners from our live show um, after uh, after Big Noon Saturday, though, I noticed. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was good. So. And an instant reaction podcast after a big uh, a big disappointing yeah. loss. Yeah, that worked out well. Probably, probably don't need to be on the radio after uh, after watching a game. Or podcast, yeah. whatever the hell we're doing. Who knows? So yeah, it's all right. Hey, let's move on from football. We dove deep into the we, uh, trenches. We need to just talk before we get completely off of football. Do we just need to mention how terrible the NFL uh, officiating is? <laughs> well, Monday night. I mean, you know, it'd matter if the Bears were actually like going to yeah, be a playoff team or anything. I'd be a lot more angry about it, but good God, there's no way that fix oh, was so not terrible. in on Monday night. So terrible. Um, it actually kind of worked out, you know, like found out, looks like we got a quarterback. Also yeah. don't, don't win enough games to save Ryan, save Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's job. Win, yeah. No win. kidding. Um, yeah. but I will say like, everybody's going off about the, uh, uh, the taunting one, which was ridiculous. Now I will say when he did do the the three sixty spin kick, I was like, "Fuck, he's gonna get a penalty!" Like instantly, you know, like, you know, like this guy's getting a penalty. So stupid um, though. But the hey, one that, here's the, what's, what, by the way, that's taunting. But whenever in any team's defense gets a turnover, 
like guys can come flying off the fucking sidelines and they all go run down to the end zone and like pose for a TV camera or something. And that's cool. Like it makes yeah, no sense, I'm, right? I'm 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 fine with both of them. I don't know who yeah. the person is that wants this. Like, who's the person that like doesn't want the spinning, uh, the spin kick? And like, it was awesome. I was like, dude, look at that guy. That's great. Like, you know, this is entertainment. It's not like. And you who know, on like, the Steelers bench is like, like who that ruined whose night on the Steelers yeah, by so, that quote unquote? I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. But like, yeah, that was that was terrible. The Justin Fields lack of um, uh, late, uh, hits, late hit was yeah. really bad. But the worst one, and I read the dude, the the ref and the the pool report like after the yeah. game. It's, by the way, they let one. They go talk to one reporter. Like seriously. You guys can th- you guys can turn an entire game and you can only talk to one reporter and tell him what you like. But anyway, the guy did a good job because he asked him about the James Daniels cut block. Yeah, that was and horrible. You, you know, too, you yeah. can't go, you can't go low outside the tackle box or, or outside the box. He wasn't outside the box. And number two, he didn't actually block anybody. Like, how do you get called for an illegal block when you didn't block anybody? Yeah, you get like, called for an illegal block below the waist when you completely whiffed and didn't touch anybody. Like, yeah, you know, I know like, so if I try to hold you, but don't because I'm bad, like that's not a penalty. You know, and it was almost like that that pass interference they called on Jalen Johnson too. It was like, well, he didn't play the he didn't turn around and play the ball, but it's like, but he actually didn't touch anybody either. Like he was just running after him. You know, like so anyway, um, it was bad. It was bad. I mean I, really I, I would say this, James Daniels is not a good offensive lineman in the NFL. I was, I thought he was going to be, I thought that was a great draft pick by the Bears, but he is not yeah, great. A little disappointing pro career, that's for sure. But again, another, the Bears, another team with uh, tons of offensive line problems, but. Yeah, I know. Should we go in, should we go in depth? Should I die? Was it, was my deep dive that good that we deep <laughs> yeah. dive the Bears next? Or Let's deep dive. Sam Mustafer, undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. <laughs> Six six. So uh speaking of six six, how about those Iowa Hawkeyes? The Murray twins are, I think, what, six eight in the program, a little bit taller than six nine, yeah, something like that. Huge win over uh Longwood. Um I did not not make it to the end. I didn't make it to the end. Not gonna get too excited about that, but you gotta be uh I well number one, Keegan Murray can play. That guy is un Unbelievable, especially from where you. I mean, this is—he's a sophomore, right? Like, a, <laughs> yeah. Now he's, you know, he's a—he's he's a, a year, year older. School, yeah, year prep school, but um, but still, but, we. Yeah. I mean, when when the Murray twins committed to Iowa, it was like, well, they'll probably be, you know, at least they'll be four-year guys, and they'll contribute. You know, one of them or might contribute, and it's like Keegan's in the freaking NBA draft lottery right now. Who the hell saw that coming? You know. Well, let's not get that far down the road either i've seen a couple with him a couple don't have him listed anywhere like it's you know like right we're, we're a ways away from that but he is so much better than i like when when they committed i was just like what are we doing you know we had just lost xavier foster you know a top 50 guy um thank god we lost xavier foster yeah no um, shit. and you know even, even though a person like him and i like his game. I'm not talking about anything off the court. I just want to make that clear. His game, I think, could have fit in with what Fran does. Um, 
but he just didn't have he doesn't have the drive to to do it. You know, he's like the right. anti he's the anti Luca Garza. He's got everything, and he just doesn't have the 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 drive to do it. But we lost him, and then that next day or something, they commit, and they, like they, it was like, well, what are, like they're getting scholarships. Like they only have offers from Western Illinois. Like, what are we doing here? And yeah. they were six. They were like six foot four, kind of, kind of what they are now, kind of post wing type players in high school. And they both averaged, you know, twenty, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty points a game. They're really, really good high school players. But I didn't think there was any way they could play at Iowa. And then you start seeing some of their stats from that prep school, and you're like, well, I mean, who are they playing, right? Then you right. see that they've grown to like six foot eight, and you're like, hmm, interesting. Then last year, Keegan does what he he did, and you know, Chris is a little bit behind. Obviously, he's not, but he scored 16 points last night, didn't he? I was gonna say, yeah, Keegan had 24. Bohannon, which was gonna be my other point, at 18 on six threes, and then Chris had 16, and Patty Mack had 11. Those were the four in yeah. double digits as far as scoring. And the key, the French guy, the key, he he didn't he have eleven? He had nine points, nine. but he was but all he didn't over. Miss a shot, he was all right? over. He had nine points, four assists, no turnovers, four steals. Uh yeah. Joe D. He had a great he had that great assist when he tripped. Yeah, that was sweet. Threw it to Bohannon in the corner for three. Um, but to me, it's I mean, it was it was just it it, it I think I sent it out. It has the potential to be a really fun team to watch. Now, how yeah, it's gonna be completely different. How good are they gonna be? How much are they know. gonna compete in the Big Ten? We'll see. You know, they're young, so um, could grow. You know, could grow into it this year. And then also, you know, one game against Longwood is uh, is not even, I guess, a test or the first thing to mark off. But one game into Longwood, the uh, Jay Boaz playing the two experiment is working so far, you know, maybe uh, just a bunch of guys running around, you know, flying up and down the court and J-Bo spotting up and hitting threes, you know? So, yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you go back to the last off season when CJ Frederick transferred, like the, the thing you couldn't have happen was Bohannon and Frederick be your, they, they could not be your starting backcourt together this year. They're the two worst defensive players I think in the power five, like their defensive ratings were atrocious last year, but one of them's fine. And if I could only have one, I'm taking Bohannon over CJ Frederick. I know CJ Frederick shoots a higher percentage, but Bohannon's not afraid to shoot. Um, Bohannon does not pump fake in the long twos. <laughs> you know, like Bohannon does the things that you, that you want a modern two guard to do shoot a lot of threes when you're open, you know, and, and Bohannon's had his share of injuries and stuff, but you know, not other like than Frederick. that one not like year, other than that yeah. one year, he hasn't missed a lot of games, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's nails, he's clutch. So yeah, I'm with you. And he's and he's the best free throw shooter in the history of the program. So anytime you're in a close game, you can just throw him the ball and and say hold it for ten seconds, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. So um. So yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting. Like people that are trying to make like generalizations or saying, you know, after watching these games, I'm worried about stopping Purdue or Michigan or Illinois on the inside. Well, if you like what team in the country is not worried about stopping Hunter Dickinson, um, yeah. Terrence Williams and Kofi Coburn, like it, it, that's, that's, that's a stupid comment. There's, there's three other teams in the country that aren't worried about that, you know? And 
Um, I'd be worried about that if Luca Garza was still here, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like so. (laughs) I I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a fun, a fun season. Um, just because, like you said, it's going to be different, and that's kind of why college basketball is cool. You can lose Wieskamp and lose um, Garza, and still kind of everybody else loses people too. You know, everybody else has got to replace people too. So, um. I don't know. Do you think they can? You think they can sneak into the tournament, or? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was looking at that. So right now, uh, Ken Palm, as we talked about, your weather guy, he's pretty high on the Hawkeyes preseason. Um, I don't know that I'm as high as he is. He's got Iowa 22nd right now and a projected record of 21 and 10 and 11 and 9 in the Big Ten. So that gets you into the tournament. That's what seven seed range, right? Um, so. I I think so. I think we're probably gonna be. Are you you're on Kempom right now? Yeah. Yeah. What was the points per possession last night for our defense? What was Longwood's points per points per possession? Yep. Let me look here. So Iowa was one point four one. Longwood was zero point nine seven. So we got to improve there, but point nine seven. Like, yeah, uh, they, they scored a what? Like 40 points at the, or 30 points in the last 10 minutes or something. They scored. Yeah. He breaks it down by quarters. Um, they scored 27 of their 73 points. They, in the, the fourth quarter, the last 10 minutes of the game, they beat us 27, 22. So does it say what the points per possession is per those quarters by chance? I don't see that. Okay. No, yeah, I've just been curious to see, cause it's, it seemed like we were playing pretty good defense until I fell asleep. And then I woke up and saw they had all those points. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had, I mean, we kept scoring, but we had, you know, Sanford in uh, Austin, Ash Mulvey played 10 minutes. I mean, we got a, and and I want to ask you, uh, and I probably should have looked this up again myself. Sorry. I blew another assignment for our listeners, but um, big O is he wasn't dressed he was in street clothes, I think. Big Josh? My, yeah, my, my guy, Big Josh. Um, um, yeah, is he what, a red shirt, maybe? I don't know. I thought, I didn't I didn't know if that was an injury or if anybody said anything after the game, because I saw, you know, like I, didn't I said, see yeah. Riley Mulby got in, and I hadn't heard anything about Big Josh. I was hoping he'd get in. but Yeah, Big Josh is my favorite player, so hopefully he's not hurt. He just looks so, he just looks so happy on the bench all the time. Like every time the slippery rock game, every time somebody scored, he was standing up, jumping up and down, and it was amazing. Like I'm like this is Division Two Slippery Rock, which I thought was from Arkansas. I don't know why I thought they were from Arkansas. It's actually Pennsylvania. Um, but Big Josh was just so excited all the time. It's like you know, like what was it the Nebraska game? We were up by like 35, and he got a dunk last year and did like he actually did went nuts. Yeah, and the whole did, bench went crazy. He did yeah, raise he was raising the roof. The it was amazing. Um, yeah, awesome, he, yeah, he might like, I want to hang out and drink beers with big Josh. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Josh plus Hill. like he's got a British accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You it's amazing. With that. So, so anyway, hopefully he's okay. But I, I think I, I kind of like this starting five. I don't know what I think of the Serbian, uh, right now. Yeah, uh, I need to see a little more of old flip. Um, hopefully Toussaint can play under control and then Euless can be a good backup point guard and they can, you know, keep, uh, keep j off the point here this year. And, and, uh, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting season. I'm not really sure how Connor McCaffrey fits after watching two games. I don't, yeah, you know, it just fit in better with, 
like he was kind of perfect for what those guys needed last year and the year before. Don't really know how he fits with this group. Um, right. Yeah, we'll see. He, yeah, his his. I mean, the best attribute of his game last year was feeding the post, which is what we needed. You know, um, he didn't make a three pointer last night. Yeah. And did you notice so I, hey, he caught the ball with with the shot clock running down? That dude gets stuck with the ball in his hand <laughs> at the end of shot clock more than anybody I've ever seen. Like he's always just firing balls at the basket with one second on the shot clock. He's got to be pissed as hell. <laughs> God awesome. damn it, it happened again. So. So, no, I was – and the one thing I was going to say on the uh, NCAA tournament front or, you know, I think this year the one thing we're going to be, you know, if we're a bubble team, which I, I would suspect we're going to be on the bubble for most of the second half of the year, our strength of schedule is not going to help oh, us bad. one bit. It's bad. Because if you look at – we got UMKC up on Friday and then, you know, we got Virginia at the end of the month and they just lost to Navy – uh, and other than Virginia, the only other team in the top 100 at Ken Palm is 99 right now. Utah State at that neutral game in in what South Dakota? Utah State's 99th. Yeah, right now in Ken Palm. Who's their coach now? Is Craig Smith? Craig Smith got a different job, right? Craig Smith went to Utah. Yeah, so Utah State lost at home by three to UC Davis on. Uh, UC Davis on is pretty good. Night. UC Davis is a solid program. Ryan Odom. Uh, is at Utah Ryan State. Odom, really? Yeah, he was yeah. at UMBC. UMBC. Yeah, you know who his dad is, don't you? Uh, Dave Odom. Dave Odom. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. Anyways, and then Iowa State's one seventeen would be the next one. But when you think Dave Odom, what's the school that comes to mind? Wake Forest, right? Yeah. But you, did you know he left Wake Forest to go to South Carolina? Oh yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that you mention it, yeah. A little Dave Odom trivia for you guys. There we go. A deep uh, dive on Dave asking, Odom. People are asking for it. They just they're asking for the Dave Odom trivia. Absolutely. Hey, so there you go. Iowa Hawkeye basketball. It's good to be back. It's my uh it's it's it I love watching Iowa Hawkeye basketball. But um we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna segue into our wrap-up. That'll probably take 15 minutes, but as the, I know our listeners are tuning in to this episode for this topic. As the We Have High Expectations podcast resident member of the woke mob, I know our listeners are waiting to hear your response, Drewski, to all the hubbub I'm, around Aaron Rodgers. I'm the woke mob. Okay, here's my deal with Aaron Rodgers. Dude, if you don't want to take the damn vaccine, just tell us you don't want to take the damn vaccine. Like, I don't care about the rest of it. I'm so sick of listening to people try to explain with facts and science and research they did by sitting on a fucking toilet um, why they don't want to take the vaccine. Just like the people who don't want to take the vaccine are probably sick of people like me telling them why they should take the vaccine. Like, everybody just shut up. No minds are going to get changed. <laughs> Let's move on with our lives. Aaron Rodgers, you're a douchebag. There you go. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, there's not a map uh, for any of this. Now, I, not even I have a, uh, have a map for, uh, for, for this, sure. But I didn't send you one? No, I've got, what do I got here? I've got, uh, I got them all sitting right here, Drewski. I got Des Moines, Iowa, Kansas City, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Nebraska both in one map. Waterloo, Cedar Falls. I got all the maps. They don't call me the map man for nothing. 
Big day for you. That did make my day. But no, Aaron Rodgers, first of all, don't take the vaccine fine and don't do it because of an allergy and your doctor, you know, your doctor may be advising you not to take the vaccine fine, but he obviously wanted to give the impression that he was vaccinated. You can't say otherwise. And right off the bat, and he lied like crazy on his first appearance to to Pat McAfee. Right off the bat, he said, me saying uh, immunized was not a way to be sneaky. Well, sure as hell it was. You yeah, you you said, to... yeah, I'm immunized. And then he talked about the other players on the team that weren't vaccinated, giving the impression that he was, right? Yeah, and then if they would have asked me a follow-up, they asked him a fucking follow-up. Like he had, got asked the follow-up question. And continued to go down the path of, you know, he's not <laughs> going against people that don't take the vaccine. Like, you you totally lied, number one. Yeah. And number two, like, there's Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. There's other quarterbacks. There's tons of players. Uh, uh, Lazard on his team wasn't vaxxed. There's, there's unvaxxed guys in the NFL that are following all the protocols and Rogers will say, Oh, I followed all the protocols except for the one that doesn't make any sense to me and isn't based around science. Well, that's not how it works, dude. Like, you know, I, I could say, I don't want to wear a mask indoors and I'm vaccinated. I shouldn't have to, but if my boss wants to have a meeting and we're sitting indoors and he's requiring masks, I'm putting a mask on. Like that's the way it works. Like your lig your employer and your own union agreed to these rules. You don't get to follow just the ones you want to because you're the best at throwing a football around, right? Like it's just yeah, so stupid. But yeah, he's that's, he's he's a dope. He's like it's you know it's like Kyrie. I I, I I Kyrie's dope, but like at least he's like at least he had enough principle to be out there and like no matter how ridiculous the principles were, at least he followed them. You know, at least yeah, he was out exactly. there not pretending to be something he wasn't. Exactly. You know? And here's and the, the other whole... thing, too. Here's the other uh, protocol. I'm pretty sure that the NFL doesn't allow you, even if you do grow your hair out for a whole year for your Halloween costume, doesn't allow you to be at a Halloween costume unmasked, unvaccinated, too. So that is another protocol that he lied uh, about yeah. well, following that he didn't. It's what, like how, how like he, he got killed, you know, like so I'm not saying but like he didn't get killed for like selfishness. We we would call other people selfish for doing that. Right. Yeah. I can't believe you did this to your team. You cost your team a game. You cost your team home field advantage. You caught, you know, but the other point, like you said, where he talked about where he said he was allergic to something in the MRNA vaccines. Like if that were the case, Everything else he said about research and Joe Rogan and whole, uh, and all this other stuff, like you never would have done any matters. of that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. you would have been like, oh, exactly. okay. Like if, if you said, I, my doctor told me I was allergic to this in the MRNA vaccines. I, so I can't take them. And the Johnson and Johnson one had the blood clotting issues and I got, and I, and I, you know, I just decided I didn't want to do it. Cool. That's fine. Like, and right there. Yeah. You know, but like, instead, fine. He but instead, you to... like went down this and was like, "I consulted with Joe frickin' Rogan." Like, get out of here, man! The worst character on news radio. He's conferring with. I mean, if he was calling Stephen Root or Phil Hartman, God rest his soul. Like, that's one thing. <laughs> but he's calling Joe frickin' Joe Rogan was the worst character on the greatest TV show in the '90s. That show doesn't get enough run. That show was incredible. It is, yeah. I know. I wonder why it's not in reruns uh, that often. But no. Yeah, I'm with you. And 
he had, you could see he had like a whole yellow legal pad written down of all these notes. Like he thought he nailed it. Right. Oh, and God, it's like yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the guy who thinks he's the smartest man in the room in whatever room he's in. Yeah, right. And, and, and every, nobody, yeah. nobody likes that guy. But well, um, most of the time that guy's general, most of the time that guy's an idiot. Like, and the other thing I'll yeah. say too, is he started the whole diatribe off with, uh, the woke mob is after him. And before you put the final nail in his cancel culture coffin and like, I think cancel, you know, cancel culture and all this stuff is completely ridiculous. And I hate it all too, but starting your whole response to this with that, just like, again, he's just trying to use whatever public sentiment is going right. to be on his side. And it's like, come on, dude, nobody, even now, we're all we're all making fun of you and pointing out all of your lies, uh, but nobody's trying to cancel him, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he no. should be cut awesome. out of the NFL. Like, he's going to come back and play football and be an awesome quarterback, and the Packers fans are going to love him again, and everything will be fine. Like, but so, you yeah. were a moron on Friday on the Pat McAfee show. Like, <laughs> I think there's probably a difference in canceled for some reason that could you could say is cancel culture and ridiculous versus i said something really fucking stupid in front of millions of people and people are making fun of me for it right like you can't just say like well here comes the woke mob cancel culture well that's you, you brought it on yourself like right you know right. like no nobody's saying other than howard stern that you should be kicked out of the nfl right and nobody, yeah, nobody. I, I mean, I said that they should kick the Packers out of the NFL. Like, we, I might have definitely, went, I might have gone overboard. They should <laughs> definitely forfeit all the wins that he played in this year. No, I, I don't want him to forfeit the Bears game. We don't want Pace and Nagy to go ah, eight, or nine and eight or whatever. So, but anyways, no, I'm with you. It's not like people are combing through all his old tweets and trying to find comments that aren't, you know, unfavorable comments from ten years ago and all that stuff. Like, we're just we're just looking at your response to a couple of questions in the press conference before or after game one, that was like a couple months ago and yeah. looking at the facts today. And obviously you weren't truthful. So call that cancel culture. If you want, I call that holding somebody responsible for what the hell they say. Yeah, you know? exactly. So there's got you know, anyway. what, you know what we always say, Brad, you got to hold people accountable. Okay. I got some information for you here. You ready for this? Yep. Is it related to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I did get my I did get my booster the other day though, and I like I mean I get a flu shot every year, so like getting COVID shots and boosters is no big deal for me. But um, like it felt like I woke up in the morning, it felt like somebody hit me in the arm with a sledgehammer. I was like, Jesus! Like I thought you guys said this one wasn't going to be as bad as the other. One. I mean I don't I don't get sick or anything from them, so it's not that big a deal. But it was it was it was kind of crazy. Um, my point here, um, you can watch. I it it looks like you can watch news radio on Amazon. Uh, it does cost money. I can't find a free stream. It might be free on something called. Yes, it appears to be free on something called Crackle. Um, we have gone down a rabbit, a streaming hole rabbit when we have something called crackle that news radio is on, but yeah, you can watch it. I've got it going right now. Yeah, I know so crackle. I'm... Yeah. Crackle, I think is where, uh, Seinfeld's comedian in cars getting coffee started actually, but then they didn't, what they the didn't, hell? Uh, what is crackle? It's just like another, uh, it would be like another Netflix type thing only, um, it's free. 
Yeah, I think so. How do they make money? Ads, I'm sure. You probably got ads that'll pop in. There's a Nordic track ad starting right now. There you go. That's how they make yeah. money. Hey, Dave Foley is Dave Foley's up there as far as uh, one of the top cast members of News Radio. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stephen Root, Dave Foley, Dave Foley, and Phil Hartman. Yeah, made the uh, show. Oh god, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just a phenomenal show. There's five seasons of it. So I've got I wasn't some, a big uh, fan of uh, Vicky Lewis and Andy Dick. He was okay on the yeah. show, I guess. But. Yeah, but Joe Rogan's definitely the worst. <laughs> News radio, I love it. Well, there you go, folks. We uh, have said it before many times, but two-thirds of the world's covered in uh, water. I've got maps that'll prove it. And the rest of the world is covered by the We Have High Expectations podcast. Jamari Harris. There you go. Yeah, no, he covers the other third. 